Let's get down to the Me Too within Nerdum. Welcome to today's episode of Trope Time, Nerdums Me Too. We have a super special guest with us today, which is Alex, which you'll meet later. Um, So Trope Time is supported by our fans via our Nerdon Patreon account. So if you can help support our podcast and other services on Nerdon, that would be awesome. You'll gain access to Trope Time's Discord chat where you can talk with Nikki and me about tropes and past episodes. We really appreciate all your continued support. So thanks for that. Find more information about our Patreon account in the details of this episode. Nikki and I are also writers on the main NerdOn website, so make sure to check that at nerdon.tv and see what articles we have there as well as our other friends. And lastly, before we get started, shout out to our friends at NerdOn the Podcast. If you like pop culture, which I'm guessing you do because you're listening to us, make sure to check them out too. And without further ado, let's get down to the Me Too within NerdOn. Yep. Oh, by the way, I'm here. Hi. <laughs> and Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So we wanted to take a break from our, I think the last two episodes we talked about holidays. I think you're holidayed out. We, we, we almost made this a Valentine's Day episode. And then and we we're like, because no. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, uh, when I had that little blurb for Patreon members, by the way, if you have a Patreon with us, you get little mini episodes. And I had a mini episode with Tyler at Grand Geek Gathering. And we ended up talking about what happened at ALA. And I feel like uh, 20, 15 to 20 minutes is not long enough to dedicate to such an important topic. Mm-hmm. Nikki, um, would you tell everyone what LA is? Um, ALA is Anime Los Angeles. It's a fan-run convention out of Ontario, California. It's really anticipated, and um, it's really fun. Um, it's probably one of the most fun conventions out of the whole year. So, um, yeah, um, as I, if you didn't hear our mini episode, um, there was a fire. <laughs> uh, seven cars were lit on fire. I was there. Um, basically, not in the fire. yeah, uh, not, not in the fire, I'm not burned and neither was my car, but what happened was a, um, this guy used to be in, on a power ranger show called the armored rangers on YouTube. He was the yellow ranger and he became obsessed with the girl who was the pink ranger. And I guess, um, she already had a boyfriend now they're married and he became so obsessed with her and he after the series ended, she went on to become pretty big in the Power Rangers community. So not only was he obsessed with her, he also was jealous of her because he didn't. Mm. Yeah. And I guess like she had reported to the police several times of his stalking behavior and he had been showing up to conventions and he just couldn't take it anymore. And I guess you can see the video. Um, He put, he dumped two cans of gasoline on that car and threw a cigarette the cigarette missed, so then he took a match out, lit wow. it, it like blew up, and then it me- immediately starts spreading, and he ran. So, so of course he knows which car is hers, because he's been following her around for ages. Yeah, he... Uh, he targets were, her car. 
Yeah, there were reports of basically um, him showing up to her house mm. unannounced with gifts and like knocking on the door. Um, and I believe uh, it's funny because um, Tyler and I were actually discussing about, you know, we should probably, for safety reasons, maybe consider like collecting names or something and it's funny because literally the day after we recorded um somebody started doing that and now there's kind of a little moral gray area with that because um i don't know because people are worried about false accusations as always but like yeah. the likelihood of that happening is we all know not really have not very high it's so remote it is. Statistically speaking. There, there was one confirmed false accusation on the list already. Apparently some person with a vendetta against an ANN writer um, wrote a bunch of stuff. And the ANN writer wrote to the person who, who owns the spreadsheet. And yeah. they actually found evidence that, the, that it wasn't true. But that's been the only case so far. <laughs> Everything else was supported by lots of testimony and whatnot so well, that actually is very encouraging because that means mm -hmm. that they the are moderating and, and curating of this list and the spreadsheet is not just going to blindly accept something without corroborating evidence and checking I yeah. guess, a bit with the party involved mm -hmm. i believe kotaku met with the person that's behind the spreadsheet in secret or mm -hmm. they didn't want their name being, in anonymity. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, in New York. And I guess like they call themselves like gatekeeper or something, something super mystical and RPG or whatever. Um yeah. so yeah, they they said that they they don't consider themselves right or wrong, they consider themselves like the person with the information. And, and they're just disseminating action. that information. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you can do with that information what you want. And honestly, as further Me Too reports, reports of sexual assault, as those go up, um, more and more victims will be believed, first of all. But also, as as like consensual sex becomes destigmatized, reports and allegations like false allegations will go down because women and young girls will not like women and teenagers I should say sexually active teens will not need to say oh no he raped me in order to get out of trouble with their parents or something so as culture becomes more sex positive false accusations will go down I am certain of this and I mean like a lot of sex does happen in cons we're just gonna be real here I'm so we, shit, we need to practice safe sex at cons and at least yes. on, on the west coast mm -hmm. um i feel like it, people are way more open about it and you know open to talking about abusers and whatnot but i still feel like we have a tendency to dismiss these behaviors as being oh he's awkward you know or under the false pretense of a grand romantic gesture yeah. When really it's just a power play. Yeah. Like, why don't you just give him a chance? He didn't mean it. He's just awkward. You know, I, I feel He's like so we nice to you. Give him a chance. Mm. And yeah. especially for cosplayers, 
this is a problem because um, now in the last like 10 years, cosplayers have grown so much and now they're basically mini celebrities depending on what region you are. Yeah. And people follow them around. And And it's the same type of deal where they are for most, there's a couple of them that are really into social media and interacting with their fans. And that inevitably leads to a lack of privacy because you have to put out your schedule of where you're going to be. Yeah. And your, you know, commitments. So, yeah. And I feel like women, especially with Patreon accounts like Jessica and Nigri, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, where they have, you know, where they do put out lewd photos. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, they put out these lewd photos, so they must want to be seen. I've so, seen her naked, therefore I know her. And like, you don't. You yeah. don't. Cheeto McNeckbeard, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of shaming going on um, for, I feel like, lewd cosplayers. And it's just like any other industry. Why can't you just respect them? Yeah. And I think the the prevalence, I mean, these spreadsheet type things is, is more uh, need to waves go through, right? Because we've gone through certain waves of it. And when um, I remember there was talk of oh, Gamersgate, oh, yeah. it was a similar spreadsheet. Within the women journalists, they had a spreadsheet and they were like, dude, do not try to get an interview by yourself or go to a bar to get an interview with such and such um, developers because they're skeevy as all hell and they're going to try to do this and this and this. And this is what happened to me. Um, And, you know, it had to remain on a spreadsheet type of format because, like you said, this poor girl went to the police a bunch of times about a stalker crazy ex-coworker. And nothing happened because unfortunately, most laws are until something happens, the police can't step in. Unfortunately, things escalate so quickly that by the time the guy actually does something violent, chances are that you're not going to be able to make that report after the fact. The laws are not up to date with today's technology. No, no. With the way you can find information about someone so quickly, you can dox them, you can swat them. It's yeah. 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 Like there was also Comics Gate. Yeah, Comics Gate just came out. Um I was really can you catch that. me up on that. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Can okay. you catch me up? So Comics Gate happened a while ago. I mean, there's still comments like if you go onto Twitter and check for it, there'll still be mm-hmm. some things out there. Mm-hmm. But basically the person that I was following the most regarding um, Comics Gate and talking about that was Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, most recently known for creating Bitch Planet, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Everyone should read it. Um, but also, she writes for a bunch of other things. I think she's doing right now Aquaman for DC. So she's a pretty big heavy hitter within comics itself. And there's always a lot of drama, and she's really good at, at Twitter. I love her on Twitter. Um, but basically what ended up happening is that you just have a bunch of guys who are claiming basically their whole thing is that there's too much, uh, diversity and that is too many women, too many women, too many different points of view. Um, we don't need any of that and no politics in our, Mm -hmm. um, comics, please, which is such (laughs) bullshit because (laughs) comics are inherently political because if you look at who the people that we're 
drawing and creating all these characters, they were all talking about social justice. Like, and so it was fun for comics to get political when it was Superman, but in the 40s, but now, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> right. Or like Captain America legit punched Nazis. Like, he did. Punched Hitler. It was lit. <laughs> you know? And it was like, to be a good American is to be accepting and not be a xenophile and all this other stuff. And you just like, mm-hmm. I am sorry if you think that po- politics have never been part of comics, you have not been paying attention. Like the X Men <laughs> and the Mutant Brotherhood are completely all about politics. So anyway, so I'm not gonna derail too far. But so there was yeah. a whole thing, um, and it's called Comics Gate, and they were trying to boycott Marvel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's not gonna work because, like, ultimately, here's the beauty that I find. And in, in, I mean, capitalism just really working on your favor in this part is that these companies and like with Gillette, right? Mm-hmm. The, the oh, I finally watched that, that ad, yeah. Which is just basically don't be a horrible human being is the pure message of that. You try to teach your sons not to be a horrible human being. Yeah, I'm be like, why y'all mad? <laughs> because that's their identity. So they've gone ahead. These companies have gone ahead, done the market research, the cost benefit. And decided, you know what, even if these section, this section of the populace decides that they're going to go up in arms and have a fit about us promoting this, there's so much more support for this message within this current culture that even if they try to, quote unquote, boycott us, their lack of purchasing isn't going to at all affect our bottom line. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful world we live in now? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're... we're- where marketing execs can look at this yes. and go, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> we don't even need them. Yeah. We I don't. think science fiction novels went through something similar. Not quite sure, but I know there was a controversy with um like some like the Hugo Awards or something. Mm-hmm. And like um a bunch of people, because it's I think some of them are like based on fan votes. Mm-hmm. And the fans, like, some incels voted, like, the most <laughs> nationalistic freaking, like, authors ever. And the Hugo Awards were just like, no, nah, man, you're not going to be a nomination. No. <laughs> like, just didn't. <laughs> it was something like that. Um, but, yeah, it ended up being like, no, nah, fuck them. We're going to put more diverse voices and authors up for awards. Hell, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm all but, for that. Like, I'm really yeah. just all for different points of view and more story and content being told. I just think, like, it it just makes everything better. Yeah. Just better. It's like when uh, the hashtag for female me, writers. Yeah. Yeah. They were, like, putting up, everyone was putting up uh, quotes from books on how um, sex is being described. <laughs> Have you guys read these things? Yes. I'm sure oh there's been a lot God. of slurps on like, our bad women's anatomy. Yeah. Yes. A lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that. And wait, you're like, have you not had sex? With- wait, wait, wait. Wasn't one of them like about a screwdriver? Was it a screwdriver or a jackhammer? Oh my God. There was a bunch. And then there's like <laughs> the description of women coming in, and it's just like basically the thing that's holding her breast with the breasty breast breasts. She was the breastiest of breastesses. She boobed boobily down the stairs. Exactly. And you're like, what was the bad, the bad sex award? 
2018. Oh, um, yeah. oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Here there it was. was a one it was about a some Japanese guy who was like drowning the girl in his cum. And you're like, <laughs> no. I saw that hentai. I saw right, but it's like, that hentai. <laughs> okay. So this, th- here's a quote. Okay. This is Scoundrels, The Hunt for Hands Clap by Major Victor Cornwall and Major Arthur S- St. John Travelin. Wow. Empty my tanks, I begged breathlessly, as once more she began drawing me deep inside her pleasure cave. A vaginal <laughs> ratchet moved in concerting, wait, concerting-like waves, slowly chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. Soon I was locked in, balls deep, ready to be ground down by the enameled pepper mill within her. <laughs> Do you say she had a ratchet pussy? Is Enamel pepper mill. <laughs> Enamel. What? That's your visual? I don't. Uh, China Dentata. <laughs> I've read better fan fiction. I'm trying to remember my day, the days of uh, slash fan fiction on like FFN and all this and like. Velvet over steel was one of my favorite descriptors for an erect penis. That was the most hilarious. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The point is, like, men don't know what women go through during sex. This is just like this is yes. literally what they what they think of. I was and- having a whole conversation about this with a couple of my guy friends. Which some of them were really like weirded out about because they were like, why are we having this conversation? I was like, because you need to know these things. So I was evangelizing. And basically, I was just like, you know, when we're talking about sex, I feel like we're equivocating on that term between genders. So as a woman, when I say, oh, bad sex, like in within the realm of possibility is pain that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not having anything like nice happen. Right. Like not at all. Like pain that you don't want, I think leads that list. But like doing more than you wanted to, it taking longer than you were ready for, kind of being like, well, I mean, I guess being I'm shorter than you were hoping for. Yeah. yeah. All of those things. But like the the thing that I think symbolizes the distinction <laughs> is pain was falls within that. Yeah, and if you ask a guy what does bad sex mean for him, it's like, eh, it wasn't that great, but I still came. It's never pain. It's never like it's never going to be, or very rarely is it coercion. For women, bad sex may involve pain, or it may involve like involve some degree of coercion or getting talked into it, negotiating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is. I mean, just if this will make you stop. Guilt, mm-hmm. lots yeah. of guilt, and negotiating kind of like a uh, personal safety boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I guess we'll make out, but then I'm gonna be like having to go for an early meeting or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's yeah. it's never within that realm. Like when I talk to at least my heterosexual friends that are guys and cis, they're just like, "What do you mean pain? Why would it hurt?" And you're like. What do you mean? Why would it hurt? <laughs> you ever talk to a woman and you're not paying attention. Pain um, or even like just he 
came and he was not interested in helping you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then that was it. And it was done. Because yep. we were done. We mm-hmm. were just a thing that, that happened too. Yep. Oh. I did the sex to her. Yeah. Huh? And I feel like all this, these negative thoughts towards women just, that's why people don't believe us. Like, mm-hmm. like when we say it's bad, they're like, ah. Yeah. And I think it's because it's so hard to really step outside of your privilege and look at it unless someone calls you on it. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to see the privilege of somebody else like above that privilege scale mm-hmm. of yours. Um, and be like, well, what's up with these people and all the shit that they're doing and not noticing? But like to notice yourself is super crazy hard. One, because we're conditioned to not be introspective that way. Yeah. Um, so when I talk to my guy friends and they're like, oh, what is it with you and this? I was just like, okay, let's talk about the, the what does bad sex mean to you conversation. And the second thing is like, how many decisions do you make in your day-to-day life that are basically founded in rape anxiety? Hmm. And my cis guy friends are like, what? I was like, That's yeah. 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 Like how many times are you genuinely concerned? Is this action or this scenario or this environment or this situation going to increase my chances of being raped like maybe don't park in a dark part of a garage mm-hmm. don't go to certain places at a certain time bringing your drink into the bathroom with you bringing your fucking drinking to the bathroom holy shit i can't i can't tell you how many guys when if i do go out i don't go out very often and i bring my drink they're like what are you doing i'm like i'm taking my drink they're like into the or bathroom. just abandoning the drink being like fuck yeah. it this is done yeah, they're like, that's disgusting. Why would you bring your drink to the bathroom? I'm like, well, I'd rather have it in there than possibly get a drug in there. Yeah, or not accepting like, because I don't I don't drink alcohol. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'll go have a Diet Coke and they'll bring the can already opened. Mm-mm, I'm opening mm-hmm. that shit. Or I'm sitting seat. right at the bar and seeing them open it. Yeah, or uh, refusing to have booze and then they buy you booze anyway. Right. That happened with you, Izzy, when I at San Diego Comic Con. That guy kept pestering me for to drink, and I didn't want to. And then he ordered me an Angry Orchard anyway. Yeah. And then he followed us around. Followed yeah. us the fuck around. And so now we have to negotiate, like, okay, um, well, can I... Like, that's the reason women go to the bathroom in packs. Yeah. It's so that we're not picked off from the herd. And then you're afraid to go back to your hotel room if he's following you around because like, shit, we don't want him to know what room we're in or where we're staying. Or if yeah. you're in public transportation, having to make the ne- negotiation of like, all right, well, I'm going to get off a couple of blocks o- before my normal stop. Mm-hmm. In case this person keeps trying to p- follow me, mm-hmm. I can like lose them like we're in some freaking Cold War movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, all this shit that sometimes like uh, my genuine good guy friends that I have that I know in their hearts of hearts are really decent people have never once had to think about this. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, talk to any woman you know and just figure out exactly what the hell we're living in because it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's not the, it's not your experience. Especially, like you can't just say no and then yeah. that be it. Sometimes they're like, oh, well, why didn't you just tell them to leave you alone? 
um, try that 18 different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like in con culture where you just talking to them, even as a cosplayer or a non-cosplayer, just talking to people, they automatically assume that you're flirting and interested. And there are, I mean, there are people who are known for doing this at cons and imagine like I have a friend and she's constantly worried about going to a con and seeing her abuser and her rapist because like, and he's hurt other women and he's not banned. Like imagine like even the places that you used to, you know, think were safe places like a con to be yourself. And now you have to be on edge. Yeah. Because you're not sure if they're going to be there. And thankfully, things have gotten a little bit better as far as the internal structure of how cons are going to deal with egregious stalkery dudes within the build the premises of the con. Like you can report when now that uh, cosplay is not consent, mm-hmm. you can report. And there's at least an infrastructure that's legally in place that if they don't abide by, they can risk having that con uh, pulled from them for the next years. So but- at least there's that. But like you said... Once yeah. you exit that building, you're free game again. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, and even cons are so big and there's only so many staff. Like, yeah, th- things slip through the cracks like crazy. And vol- yeah. volunteers are, you know, not well trained in this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So Volunteers yeah. not believing in, in, yeah. in, in women. I mean, I've heard a story of someone... It was, I think it was at like Ohio Con or Colossal Con where she was like, this guy, you know, was following us and he had a history and he followed us into, um, into a few panels and we reported him and they talked to him and he's like, oh, well, they're just mad because I'm their ex and blah, blah, blah. And so Con staff was like, oh, it's just a personal grudge. Didn't believe the women. And then like the next day, I guess he followed them into a major panel like with some voice actors and the guy raised his hand and got in line to like ask a question. Instead of asking a question, he pointed the girl out and was like, what's your beef with me in front of like the whole freaking room. And like, finally they kicked him out after that. But like, then he got somebody else's badge. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? There's so many ways to, and then especially for the, so what happened at ALA with the cars People were victim blaming, saying, oh, well, how come she didn't do more about it? Like last year, there was a threat on Anime Expo last year for a gunman. And they're like, and they found him and, you know, they caught him and every, and I'm like, well, be probably because that would hurt everybody, including men, because this just happened to, you know, the ALA incident happened to affect one woman. So they're like, eh. No, the one woman and the owner of owners of six other cars. Yeah, which one of them was um, Anne's voice actor from Persona 5. Mm. Like, she, her car was two cars away from getting, like, melted. Oof. Oh, gosh. And it's just crazy. And then now, if you want to turn it into more recent events, the... Um, it was a, the Kick Vic campaign with Mignogna, Mignog, Mignogna. Lasagna? Lasagna, yeah. People are not going to take us seriously if we can't say the damn guy's name. No, okay, we're not giving him more pop, uh, publicity. We're going to yeah. just call him Lasagna. 
So he um, is most famously known as Edward Elric in Full Metal Alchemist. And he he did a lot of convention hopping in the Midwest in like the early 2000s. Um, Pretty much a, every con he was there. I met him at my first con in 2005 at Anime Central. And I was dressed as Edward Elric. And um, I remember I was like young. I was like 18. And um, he was like, he came to the photo shoot, the Full Metal Alchemist photo shoot. And he pulled me by like the waist and pulled me real close. Ooh. And we got a group picture with all the Eds. And then, you know, we had an individual picture of just me and him. And I remember showing the picture to my mom and she's like, he's real close to you. <laughs> <laughs> and stupid 18 year old me was like, ah, oh, yeah, I know. He was really cool. And now I'm like, that was actually kind of creepy. Look yeah. who's there. Real creepy. <laughs> and there are everybody I know since then has a story. Um, I mean, at OhioCon, there's a number of times where he got uh, one of our friends competed in the karaoke. Where was this at Colossal Con? It was a karaoke event. And I guess like they went over into Vic's time and Vic blew up. And then Vic proceeded to go over an hour of his time. What? Yeah, but like it's a trending on on Twitter, the Kick Vic campaign, where everybody is um, sharing their stories. And the reason why this basically blew up recently is because he hasn't really been on the con circuit for a while. And um, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly, the movie, which, by the way, is fan fucking tastic. That's the one that just came out, right? Yeah, yeah, Funimation sent me to the premiere at the Chinese theater, and that was amazing. Yeah. So highly recommend that movie. But he did the English voice for Broly. Mm. Oh, yeah. so he's kind of like relevant again right now. And yeah, and so a lot of people are like, Funimation, what the, what the hell? <laughs> um, and uh, so in response to the Kick Vic stories. He has a fan base called the Rizimbool Rangers, who I had the um, lovely time of the the lovely privilege of meeting one of the Rizimbool Rangers back in like 2000, like 14, 2015. Actually, we were there. Well, I was, it was Colossal Con, that Colossal Con. I was with you, Alex. Okay. I was dressed as Edward Elric. Yeah, 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 yeah. And somebody came up and was like, are you a Risen Bull Ranger? And I was like, oh, what, what? The fuck is that? And they're like, Vic's fan club. And I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> you like the dub? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I watched the subs. And they're like, oh, you should watch, watch the dub. Vic's awesome. And he does all these things for us. Blah, blah, blah. So anyways, he has gone to their Discord and told them to defend him. And so that is what they are doing. And they're basically shouting down survivor stories or victim stories. He's not indicted. So, like, I'm trying to see, is that witness tampering? But there's no, like, case brought against him. So I guess it's not. Yeah, it's not. Because a lot of them are uh, really old. When he says shit, like, I come from an affectionately expressive family where such displays are commonplace. That's like that creepy guy I went on a date with 
who started to pet my arm and then tried to pretend that because he's Hispanic, that wasn't creepy. What? (laughs) Like, no, that's not a thing. You're Mm -hmm. just creepy. Like, that has nothing to do. Like, I don't think your family. And then if your family did give creepy hugs, then that's a whole other issue. But still doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Then he tried to shake off that he wasn't homophobic because he had a gay friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's a red flag. (laughs) You're like, I have a friend of the gayness. No. Basically, like, people. are friends with the gays. I love the gay. God. (laughs) So. Um, basically he won't sign, he says he won't sign any fan art, but people say that he's lying, that they, he has signed fan art in the past, but he specifically won't sign Yaoi fan art. Yeah. <clears throat> and apparently he said the reason, the excuse he was giving was because he doesn't want to sign non-canon material in general. <sighs> right? Yeah. Is it not fair that he doesn't like, want to sign a certain kind of fan art, like, maybe, I don't know, because he isn't Elric, so, like, it's not like they're doing fan art of, gay fan art of him, but, I don't like, know. Is he I'm the sure copyright not... police, or? No, he's so certainly, she... that's a bullshit excuse, that's certainly a bullshit excuse, but at the same time, I, I, ask, I ask y'all, the collective, is it not, like, his own right to not sign certain kinds of things? I don't know. Is, is it also technically like I, I look at this like the cake person. Okay. So they don't have to technically make a cake for a gay couple. They can technically choose who they want to make cakes for. Yeah. He is providing a service by signing. So I don't know. So it's just it's, like, yeah, it's his right, but it's still kind of shitty. It's it seems thinly veiled. It's yeah. just like the cake people. Yeah, it's it's technically their prerogative is just kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I feel like yeah, I feel like that excuse is very loose and okay. grabbing at straws only because like mm, I know he's super religious and like a I don't want to say all religious people are like that, but um, a lot of religious people are like that. So it depends. I don't know him personally, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Yeah. You say religious. Are you meaning like deeply Christian, deeply like Protestant, Catholic, evangelist, Jewish? He's too evangelist to me because he made like a... Bible, a manga Bible thing, and had church services at cons. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Not saying that that's bad. You can do that. No, it's just that, like, you're not a you're not a minister. You're not an. I mean, I don't know if he's online ordained. I can't say shit. I am online <laughs> ordained. I cannot say a damn thing. I, I don't, don't know sermons. I officiate wedding ceremonies, but still, it's just thorny area yeah Yeah. because he also has stuck up for cosplayers too with the like the god hates gays people Mm. i mean he's told them to go away but uh, i'm i don't know i'm just i have a tendency to believe the people that have experienced it then 
rather than his actions to me speak more. I have never met him, but I have been hearing stuff about him pretty much since, yeah, since I like started college in 05, you know, and started going, hanging out with the anime club, going to anime conventions, you know, I've been hearing stuff about him for the past like 13 plus years. So yeah, he's, he's, he's got a reputation for being like a creeper of teenagers, of teenagers in particular, but as I say these, like as far as I know, these are rumors. But now we have people coming up. It seems to be more than just rumors. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of people. Like, like you look at that Twitter mm-hmm. um, hashtag, and there is a lot of people. And unless this is a really big conspiracy, which would take a lot of organizing, um, yeah, no. Oh, here's a story. I was 19, but was mentally younger because of my autism. I was at Super Mega Fest in 2013. Mm-hmm. I was cosplaying as Haruhi. I paid for a photo, and I was kissed without my consent. Oh. Two years uh-huh. later, I realized that a man old enough to be my dad shouldn't be giving kisses to kids. Mm-mm. Here's another story. I was 14 and starstruck. Um. Mm, Let's see. I was 14 in Star Trek, as were most of the attendees of this small con. And it wasn't until one to two years later I realized how fucked up it was. Ooh, I think there's a thread. Um, oh, I witnessed him quote on high school host club lines with holding the chin of an underage fan. The line was something about sharing tea by kissing and pretend to kiss them. Mm. I have recordings of both these things. Fun. So, like, you think you can get away with this stuff, but, like, we have receipts these days, Gene. <laughs> we have receipts. Here's yeah. another person, Michelle Light, on Twitter. I was one person who was given a surprise kiss on the face when I posed for a photo with him at one of my first conventions. Mm. I won't go into details a different person, but Vic sexually harassed my spouse at a convention several years ago when they were underage. He takes advantage of minors. Whenever he's brought up in friend circles, everyone seems to have similar bad story about him. Yeah, this just seems like this is his pattern. We know a cosplayer even. We've seen like pictures of her like in a photo with him at cons and she's like kind of leaning away from him, but he's got her waist like pulled all the way up next to him, arm around her waist, pulling her all the way while she's visibly leaning away from him with her top half. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like the sexual assault stuff. Yeah. The the homophobic, I guess, is... um, I don't know. I will put that on the fence. And for now, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think when you have to come out and be like, I have a homosexual friend or I'm a friend of the gays, mm-hmm. it really doesn't come off as genuine. Like the times that it's had, like, give me a person. Give me some peoples, not your, your one token person that you know. I, I guess, know that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I guess for me, like, if you don't respect women like this and you just think you're overly affectionate, then I'm not surprised if that transfers to a different disability. I wonder if he's freaked out by gay men in particular. Like a lot of the guys who are freaked out by gay men, I am finding, or at least so I hear reading stuff. Um, 
The kind of straight cis men who are freaked out by gay men are the kind of men who may act predatory toward women. And so the since they do it, they think that's normal. And they think that's how a gay man is going to approach them because isn't that how men approach someone they want? And so mm-hmm. they, like, they be, ah, God, like, I, I'm trash. So I know that guy who approaches me is trash and I don't want him to be trash. Oh, and they just don't get woke. They don't realize. Oh, wow. <laughs> here's the power dynamic. Yeah. And they here's, don't want to be on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a long thread here. Um, he has laid, he has had his own fan club called the Risen Bull Rangers for years, first on DeviantArt, Yahoo Forums, and now on Discord. It's where he grooms his victims, also where he tells these little girls to fight on his behalf. The screenshots are somewhere in the kick Vic hole. Oh, the one where a hug is only mentioned, one screenshot? Okay, then, says a defender. And it's just like... Ooh. There's a YouTube video called Vic McNally Accusations Breakdown. But don't watch it. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I that's why I'm more inclined to believe the homophobic. Um yeah. I, just like there, there are so many different factors at play that I wouldn't be surprised. But um yeah. And I don't wanna say that like people that are religious are all homophobic because that's not true because I know a lot of people that are that are not um but I know like really far right and whatnot there's a lot can of people be. who use that as an excuse yes that is what I'm thinking for their bigotry yes. exactly exactly so well, talking about all these uh ways in which the toxicity of these guys who think they own you Mm -hmm. or that you're a thing. I talking about things that we love and are highly problematic. So we've got all these like 20th and 25th year anniversary of a bunch of of stuff that came out like 30th anniversary. So I was rewatching the breakfast club. Holy shit. (laughs) Like, holy shit. Like, is that longer dong scene? Not like the most racist. (laughs) It's everything is so like you're just I'm watching the whole thing. I'm like, which part is not problematic? So the only thing that I found to be not problematic, quite honestly, is when they're in that circle and they basically just reveal who they really are and have that moment of like, you think you know me because you see this facade, but you don't know what the hell's happening with me. I just realized I've confused my Molly Ringwald movies. I'm mortified. I got 16 <laughs> candles mixed up with Breakfast also Club and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the dude, the cool guy gives his girlfriend to the other guy for a pair of panties. Yeah. Super bad. Um, super hot and like really problematic. And I really love Say Anything. But then I watch it again and I'm like, oh no. Like she did not, she told you no. Lloyd, stop showing up at our house. That's stalking like, now. That's harassment now. Yeah, like that's but the, no, the, back in back then that was like romantic. Look how romantic. Much yeah. Right. The fallacy of, and the problem with feeding into this idea of the grand romantic gesture. And if you only do this, she's only saying no because she's waiting for you to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And like sometimes that still like, goes no, on to this day, though. Yeah, that's for sure. Big Bang Theory, because yes. God knows that's on every channel and I run into it a lot. But at one point, um, Penny... At, um, had said something like somebody 
I think somebody asked um, Leonard, like, how did you manage to get a woman like this? He just wore her down. Penny, yeah, exactly. Penny says, oh, you know, like, he just kept asking me to warm me, you know, until he wore me down. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, ah. So one of the things that I've been watching that I thought is just fucking brilliant and everyone should watch, it's on Netflix and it's Sex Education. I just, oh, I was just watching the trailer for that. Yeah. Talk about fucking all things good. <laughs> Sex positive. It's about communicating. So they have a couple storylines that I think relate to this. So one of them is this girl who is having lots of sex. And the first time you meet her, she's with her then boyfriend. And she's like, do you want to come on my breast? Do you want to do this? And it's like all about him and never about her. Mm. And you kind of put it aside because she's just like, it's a fringe storyline. And then it comes to the point where she's dating this new guy. And the guy is asking her, like, what turns you on? Like, what do you want? Because it's not pleasurable for me if it's not pleasurable for you. And she never thought of this before. Had like legitimately never thought about it. She's questioning everything right now. Right? Um, Because like, if you guys haven't seen the show, it's basically the 16-year-old kid becomes the sex therapist for the entire high school because his mom is a sex therapist. So he's like around all of this like conversation and, Mm -hmm. and terminology and stuff. So he's just like helping all of these kids who are having sex, but apparently not having the kind of sex that they want to have, right? So he's just like, I think you need to figure out what it is you like about sex for you. Fucking awesome. So that was one storyline. The other storyline is this Mm -hmm. guy keeps doing these grand romantic gestures to this girl, Lizzie. Like, for example, going to her house and taking leaves and writing them, I uh, putting them in a formation so it said, I love you on her lawn. Sending her various uh, quote unquote gifts, baking her a pie, like asking her out to the dance in icing, put it down in, fr- in the, the doorstep, rang the doorbell, ran away. And like, you find out that this guy just won't stop. And she's like, but he's, she's never really said no. And this kid, the... Sex therapist guy is like, she said no a bunch of times already, bro. (laughs) Like, take the no. She's giving you the no. And the guy won't take it. He just keeps going and he keeps doing like this grand gestures. And finally at the dance, he like nearly kills himself, quote unquote, professing his love to this girl. And the girl's like, I don't even know you. That's so scary. That is really Mm -hmm. scary. You know, Speaking of Netflix, there's another series called You on oh, yes, which is That's this guy the entire yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> well, my friend um, Tiago told me, he was just like, he was like, Nikki, I'm afraid that people will actually learn from this because of the things that happened. So what the guy did was, I guess he stole the girl's phone mm-hmm. and she got a new phone, but the old phone could still be hooked up to Wi-Fi. And he, she was still logged into her messenger and everything on there. So he could read her messages to her friends in real time and know exactly like where she was and what her plans was were because all the text messages and like Facebook messenger, all of her social media accounts were still logged onto that device. I think I might log out of my old phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, let's talk about how we have that uh, rape anxiety. Like, yeah. like, maybe I should change all my passwords randomly. Okay, 
Yeah, my family stays at home in a in a corner on a pile of stuff here. Just me, the cats, and a husband here. So like, I'm not worried. But at the same time, shit, I'm like, what you? Yeah, mess they're getting into. Right. So like that Evie, she's sketchy, man. She's sketchy as fuck. They're like, uh, she told us she would be here at this time, and she's not here. You guys, we need to check where she is. So he ends up like studying her and figuring out the things that she likes, and she like. And he shows up and is like the nicest guy ever. And they start actually dating for real. But she doesn't know any, you know, he did any of this. And then he gets jealous. And like he's, he becomes Yandere. Like he starts like murdering off the possible other men. Well, yeah. Like crazy stalker possessive guy would do. Want to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, it's, it's, it's. Some people would th- think like, oh, that'll never happen. I, th- I feel like men would watch this and be like, that would never happen. Except like, it it does. I've, I've been reading enough Our Nice Guys, y'all. It happens. <laughs> oh <sighs> my gosh. Yeah. That's another thing at cons. Rampant with nice guys. Oh God. This and person who showed like, me basic human decency and was nice to me. Is this my future girlfriend? And you're yeah. like, no, oh, I'm sorry. I was just being a cordial human being. Yeah, but I'm good. Thanks. I mean, thank you for the compliment, but I'm not interested. And then, like a flip of a switch, and all of a sudden, you're just like, "Do I need to like get security or like?" Do I need an adult? Like, <laughs> do you need to get away from the situation right now? Like, God, usually it, the meme is a uh, you know fedora, yes. vapors, and usually you know, milady, milady. Yeah, and somehow believes that chivalry shouldn't be dead. I am the epitome of I have chivalry. A, I have a katana collection. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Did I just get real there? You did. It, it, it got real. Oh, rather, yeah, yeah. That was too real. We're all gonna have PTSD real quick. Just a quick episode. Yeah. So I mean, um, what do we do about this? Well, I think change is happening, right? I do believe that the fact, like what Alex was talking about earlier, the fact that we are going through what, like the seventh wave of Me Too right now, it just continues to help victims and survivors. Because I think if you you haven't been able to process it, you're still kind of stuck in a certain place of of, of victimizing yourself, not mm-hmm. like other people. But like you still, when you're in the point of it, like it still was somehow my fault. Um, hearing all of these testimonials is going to continue to have that epiphany where you're going to be able to look back and be like, wait a minute. No, I didn't misunderstand that situation. It did feel creepy. It wasn't I'm not overreacting. I'm not overreacting. Yeah. Exactly. And like validating a lot of the downplaying that we are socialized to put up with. And to a degree, we're taught to be like, oh, well, maybe you misunderstood it. Or it couldn't have been that bad. You or know, and it couldn't possibly have meant it that way. Right. Yeah. And and I think that with more and more people coming forward. And being brave enough, because that's that's crazy. That's a whole other level. It's of, terrifying. Of doing it and, yeah. and, and taking that decision. But for all of those who have, I think it is an amazing gift to everyone who is not in that place yet. Mm-hmm. To at least start chipping away at that armor 
you know, that you've built up for yourself to be like, well, maybe it wasn't X, Y, Z, me thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know? Um, or maybe it won't end my life and my career to come forward. You know, right. say so you've known the whole time that this was not okay, but it would like... Also, yeah. It would wreck my family. It would wreck my career if I came forward. But more and more, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, exactly. It certainly still doesn't ruin men's careers. I really? mean, on, on another note, I don't know if you saw... Um, oh my God, what's his name from Pixar that was fired? Uh, Lasser? Yeah, John Lasseter. He was fired because um, there were several women coming forward at mm-hmm. Pixar. He was let go. And then literally two weeks later, he was hired at a different animation studio. Wow. Yeah. And people were pissed, rightfully so, because they're like, he, you didn't teach him anything. Yeah. He's not. And they were like, Louis oh, K. we put him in these. doing stand-up. Yeah. I mean, all these guys, none of the, nobody's career got ruined aside from maybe... Harvey Weinstein, because it was a company, not yeah. him individually. Does that make sense? Yeah. And maybe Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is still Kevin Spacey, though. Like, give him a little bit and he's going to be working again. That's just the no way one, that... So far, no one's, like, permanently canceled. No. I mean, no like, Mel Brooks can't, came back. For I mean, not Mel, not Mel Brooks. Um, the Mel Gibson. Uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Mel I was going to say, I'm like, did I miss something here? No, no. Mel Gibson. Mel, Mel Books Gibson. is awesome. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, are there really no heroes? Leave me one hero, Nikki. No, no. Mel Gibson made a comeback. So, I mean, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I remember there's like that whole deal where they had it on the phone, like recorded. No, all kinds of stuff. Like, it, it doesn't. That has been the fallacy, quite honestly. I mean, Anita Hill came forward and that guy's still on the fucking Supreme Court. Mm hmm. Uh, so uh, I did hear Kavanaugh might be might be up for um whatchamacallit uh impeachment <laughs> the Supreme Court. I saw uh, an article today. Well all of the ethics uh violations that he was being investigated in at the oh, yeah. DC court were dropped as soon as he became a Supreme Court judge. Oh, wow. So now, if anyone wants to support the anti-Kavanaugh cause, might I recommend Lip Slut's beautiful lipstick color, Fuck Kavanaugh, a beautiful, cool red, because he's we know his ass could not keep cool during the hearings. So you can, your lip can keep cool when he couldn't. Yeah, damn. <laughs> That's amazing. It looks good on me, too. <laughs> um, but I think, I think... But I think things are changing. It's... it's yeah. Very painful and very uncomfortable. And it's a lot of conversations that many people did not imagine they would be having. But mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think it's uncomfortable and, and growth is a good thing. Yeah. Agreed. All right, guys. Uh, I, think, I think we're done. I think that was a pretty good, pretty good. We went through a lot today. There was a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us, Alex. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast working with you two. Would you like to plug your new business? Oh, I suppose I could. Uh, I am owner and one and only employee of Matrimonial Magic. 
Uh, I am a wedding officiant operating in the Midwest, so I specialize in your geeky fandom weddings. I love you nerdy kids, you witchy kids, you gay kids. Let me help you have the wedding ceremony of your dreams. I have a website, matrimonialmagic.com, and you can find Matrimonial Magic on Facebook as well. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to our latest Trope Time episode. As always, we are very appreciative of our listeners. Um, make sure that you subscribe to us, download us, tell a friend about us, mm-hmm. help us take over the world. And mm-hmm. shout out to Nerd on the podcast because we are like their little baby offspring. Yeah, yeah. You in the podcast us. world. Yeah. And if you're listening to us, I assume you know where to find us, but we're on uh, Stitcher and Google Podcasts and, and iTunes Podcasts. iTunes. Yeah. And uh, and also Pan, is it Pandora or SoundCloud? Or it was Spotify. one of those. Spotify. Spotify. So like, we have not yet taken over Pandora, but we're getting there. Yeah. So thanks again, guys, and we will see you next month. See you next month, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye.